0: Hi, I'm Hannah Sullivan. I'm Senior Policy Advisor at the BMA and I'm joined today by Dr Vish Sharma, Chair of the Pensions Committee and Co-Deputy Chairs, Dr Tony Goldstone and Dr Christian Agarwal. We're here to talk about the important work the BMA Pensions Committee has conducted during the 2022-2023 session and the significant pension taxation changes announced in the Chancellor's Spring Budget following intensive lobbying by the BMA. Fish, can you start by please explaining to us what impact pension taxation was having on our members and why action was needed?
1: Yeah, well for years we've been explaining that essentially pension tax doesn't really work very well in the NHS pension scheme, particularly the annual allowance. Um, because essentially it's not linked to what you're paying in. Uh, there's really complex calculations that are really linked to how much you earn, which is, of course, linked to how much you work. And the the, w- the way it was happening was essentially that it was forcing people in, in, in a situation where they had to reduce hours um, or uh, because of the lifetime allowance having to retire early because you got to the point where essentially people were actually paying more money in towards the scheme than they'd ever get back. So it became counterproductive in terms of the penalties. It really was driving a workforce crisis and we've been highlighting that for years and and finally that's led to some movement from government this year.
0: Thanks Rish. Tony can you tell us what work the BMA did to highlight this issue?
2: Yeah thanks Hannah. Yeah so obviously we've been working really hard on this for a number of years now. Uh, Things kind of really ramped up in 2018-2019 when we brought out the uh, Modeller so that people could see the impact um, of annual allowance and particularly the very punitive impact of the tapered annual allowance. Um, and we lobbied very hard um, for government to do something about it, and that led to the AA compensation scheme in the 1920 tax year. Uh, and then subsequently, um, there was a, a, a tweak to the taper essentially in the March 2020 budget. Um, and then uh, over the last year, we've seen really very high inflation, and that um, has brought further kind of pension impacts. And so we ran two big campaigns. One was a a doesn't pay to stay campaign, and that showed um, the folly of of government giving people sub-inflationary pay awards versus retirement, where you could get uh, inflation uplifts to your pension. Um, And coupled with pension taxation, that really was driving people towards retirement. And then there was a a further uh, tool that we brought out that looked at something called CPI disconnect. And that was something technical around how AA works with very rapidly rising inflation. And we needed to urgently get the government to do something about it. Um, And thankfully, government listened and did something um, both around CPI disconnect and also uh, something called negative growth, uh, which which was very welcomed.
0: Christian, are you able to provide any more details about the engagement work that the committee did with government and other stakeholders?
3: Yeah, thanks, Anna. So our approach has been multi-pronged. As Richard has mentioned, we met with multiple uh, Conservative and Labour MPs. We created templates for our members. We had multiple meetings with NHS England and NHS employers. Um, We responded to multiple government consultations on changes to pension taxation and regulations. Um, we, um, we've also, as the budget came closer, we ramped up our um, meetings with government and with the, the Treasury to um, essentially provide the points of view that, and the views of our members to ensure that, that the budget would address the concerns of our members. So we've had uh, a, quite an a intensive engagement through all um, elements of stakeholder engagement.
0: Thanks, Christian. And Vish, are you able to explain what was announced in the spring budget and how that impacts our members, please?
1: Yeah, so um, we had really intense discussions with Treasury all the way up in the run up to the budget, you know, for for a good few months, actually, uh, prior to that. Now, I I think it's important to note we we didn't actually ask for this particular solution. We were asking for something slightly different. We were actually at the time asking for a tax unregistered scheme um pre, which is essentially a scheme similar to the judges where essentially annual allowance and lifetime allowance don't apply to the pension savings um but in return you don't get tax relief in the first place because these are designed to be limits on tax relief and prior to this actually going back to where tony was talking about 2018-19 we actually called for, for the annual allowance to be scrapped in the uh, in defined benefit schemes, um, but the lifetime allowance retained and the opposite happened happen in defined contribution schemes. And that was something that the Treasury's own advisors also supported as a as a solution because we didn't require both the annual allowance and lifetime allowance in the same scheme. Um and the reason we call for the tax and registered rather than this is that we thought it would be essentially a, a kind of more um kind of targeted solution, wouldn't have quite the same sort of fiscal impact in terms of the overall um impacts for governments but um nonetheless you know the i think the government were really aware that um there were also issues in the in other sectors um that essentially meant that other people were being impacted perhaps not quite in, in such large numbers as doctors but also having to reduce work or retire early and they wanted a more kind of widespread solution so what they, they've announced really uh sort of three main things um the first was changes to the annual allowance so that was increased from forty thousand to sixty thousand. The lifetime allowance has been abolished in its entirety, and there's one of the change which Tony alluded to before. which is actually really, really important is that the um, most of us are now in two pension schemes. Um, and in the past, if you had negative growth in your particular your 95 pension scheme, which is quite possible. So if your pay fell um, because it didn't either because it didn't keep up with inflation or because you lost a, a pensionable pay award, your pension could actually go down um, and you've got negative pension growth. And in the past, this was ignored because it was rounded up to zero. But now this will be combined with your 2015 growth, and that has a very big impact, particularly when inflation, as it currently is, is very high. So those were sort of three main changes. The big thing that hasn't changed enough, in our view. Um, it was the tapered annual allowance that still exists. So so the threshold income is is still at £200,000. Now, that obviously doesn't affect um, all our members, but probably affects around 15 to 20% of people who are either above that level or close to it. And that's still quite a powerful limit to sort of not take on extra work. So we continue to highlight that's an issue. But there are other changes to the taper, so which are important. Um, And when you combine that with the fact that negative growth is also being um, Kind of aggregated across the two schemes, that that does make quite a big difference. Um, and the other thing is the minimum annual allowance, which was four thousand, is now ten thousand. So there, are, there have been some tweaks to the taper, but we still think there needs to be a bit more work on that. Um, the lifetime allowance, obviously being scrapped, means that um, all, all those people who were looking that they might need to retire this year because of that, no longer need to do so. That's been quite a big change. And also one of the important factors, which actually was announced in October is people who've got their 95 pension can now rejoin the scheme so if people have retired that they now can come back to work build up more pension without getting a lifetime allowance tax charge and also um rejoin the scheme so so it's really um quite quite significant changes
0: thanks fish there's also been some other key developments in the nhs pension scheme over the last year as well and tony are you able to give a quick overview of what some of those are please
2: yeah, So it, it's just alluded to there's been some changes about um, what happens if people retire and return so um, w- one of the things that we're really pushing particularly as part of our doesn't pay to stay campaign is that there really was no uh, big incentive for people to um, to come back after they'd retired and people were being kind of pushed into retirement because of this environment of uh, pay awards that were way below inflation, whereas your pension keeps up with inflation. Um, so the the two big changes that have come uh, are pensionable re-employment, Um, So from April of this year, just gone, uh, people are able to um, retire and return and continue uh, whilst drawing their pension, uh, contributing towards the 2015 pension. Um, And certainly in, in England from April, that also means that you can keep uh, your pensionable um, CAs, the old style local CAs, um, if you have them, and then forthcoming from um, October, uh, which re- unfortunately was delayed um, from this April, is this thing called partial retirement. And basically, what that means is that um, continuing your current employment contract, um, you're able to draw um, some or all of your 1995 pension from 20 to 100% if you just take a drop in pensionable pay uh, by 10%, but then you can carry on and again, carry on building uh, your 2015 pension. Um, And as Vish mentioned, because we no longer have the uh, lifetime allowance, that means that you get particularly more value out of that option if you were previously above the LTA, it means you continue building pension um, without the LTA, of course, depending what happens with any future governments going forward.
0: Thanks, Tony. Christian did you have anything else to add
3: yeah thanks Hannah we also lobbied extensively to address the issue caused by an anomaly in the finance act when applied to the NHS pension scheme this essentially rose when the annual allowance was supposed to apply to pension growth that was above inflation however when calculating pension growth they looked at two different points and two inflation values this could have resulted in tens of thousands of doctors receiving very large uh, and unnecessary uh, annual allowance tax bills that were based on pension growth that simply was not real. This was particularly an issue for GPs because GPs are what are in what's called a care scheme um, uh, and, and this would have had quite a significant impact. <clears throat> As a result of the lobbying that we, we, we did um, this led to the changes being uh, occurring to the Finance Act and therefore um, we no longer have this issue where GPs and, and hospital doctors will, will have annual allowance based on uh, these inflationary changes. Yeah, just just,
1: to add on that, it was slightly more complex than that, in a sense. The change didn't, we were calling for the Finance Act to be amended, um, but they didn't do that in the end. Um, So what they've done is a complex um, kind of change in the way that the the revaluation happens. So this is a particular problem for, as you mentioned, the CARE schemes, the create average revalued earnings schemes which all doctors are now into so the 2015 is, is a is a care scheme and this was an issue for anybody who had 2015 membership you know either in the past or going forward um but as you mentioned gps even the the 95 and 2008 schemes were effectively care schemes um, but rather than change the Finance Act, which, which, uh, which we are calling for, what they've done is they've changed the effective date that the revaluation applies. So in the past, that revaluation date was going to be the 31st of March. So it meant that essentially you had this disconnect. So the opening value was based on the, uh, for example, for this year, um, sorry, last year, I should say, w- w- was was based on sort of 3.1% as the opening value, um, and the revaluation was based on September of, of last year, which was 10.1% plus one and a half. Um, and that revaluation would have applied on the 31st of March in the same tax year so essentially people are being taxed on growth that was actually just inflationary what's happened now is that they've just shifted that revaluation date effectively from the 31st of March to the 6th of April which is now into this tax year so it aligns the fact that the opening value for 2324. 10.1% Is 10.1% is the opening value and that revaluation is now applied in that tax year so, that, so they so they align. So it is an effective fix but it un- unfortunately didn't change the finance act which means there are some other slight anomalies particularly around the fact um, of negative pension growth that we talked about. Again that was not a finance act change um, so we, we still are talking about what happens when your combined growth is negative because that still is a bit of an issue going forward.
2: Yeah and just one other kind of bigger piece of work that we've been doing with the scheme and the scheme boards in general is about the contribution structure because now we've moved from a final salary to a care scheme, there really is no real justification to have this really steep tiering of contribution rates um, which were uh, as low as 5% for the lowest earners and as high as 14.5% in England and Wales for the highest earners. Um, And it's probably worth pointing out because when when the media talk about public sector pensions, they the you know, usually kind of lump them into one basket. But um, the NHS scheme has much steeper tiering than any other public sector scheme, and so we've really pushed back really hard against that because it effectively um, removes the tax relief that you get, the high rate relief that you get from your contributions. And then, of course, if that was taxed again um, through pension taxation, that was really unfair. So um, the top rate of tax, the top rate of contributions rather, has gone from 14. down to 13.5% this year um, and from next year that's going to come down to 12.5% and we'll obviously continue pushing for further flattening of the the contribution structure going forward.
0: Thanks, Tony. And Christian, we're aware that there's issues with GP pension records. Are you able to give an overview of the work that the committee is doing to try and address this with PCSC and NHS England, please?
3: Yeah, thank you, Hannah. Uh, This is a particular issue in England, where CAPTA run the function of PCSE. Um, GP records um, are not kept up to date, and there has been an ongoing issue where GPs are unable to access their data to be able to make informed decisions. We continue to meet PCSE on a a monthly basis, and it continued to put pressure on them to ensure that uh, GPs are put back in the position that they should have been, where records are either incorrect or have um, data missing. We have raised this to the highest levels within NHS England uh, and, and Treasury to, to ensure that um that, that those that pressure is pe- kept on capital PCSE so that GP records can be corrected as soon as possible. Um, we obviously have um the McLeod remedy is coming as well, which will obviously have an impact on GP records uh, as, as an altern- as a secondary issue. So we continue to to make sure and, and we'll continue to put pressure on PCSE to make sure that all GPs have access to good accurate records going forward.
0: So yes, there's been some major changes to pensions this year following the hard work of the pensions committee and uh, lobbying government. So Vish, what are the priorities for the pensions committee going forward now?
1: Yeah, so there's, there's a, a few main things. Tony alluded to one of them, which is the contribution structure. So, so you know, it's one, it's really not fair to have and the scheme that already addresses tax relief issues and corrects for it, and then still have some pension taxation. So I think um, while pension taxation is better, that needs to be um, there still needs to some, be, be some tweaks to the contribution structure. Um, the, the three big things I guess that we are focusing on now is um, labour. Obviously announced immediately when this, these changes were happening, they plan to to reverse these changes. Um, that could be potentially very very risky. Um, and I think we've we've highlighted the risks of that to labour, and we, we we do speak to them regularly, um, because we, what we'd be concerned about is if if for example they tried to reintroduce the lifetime allowance, we'd be quite concerned that people who were in excess of it now, or kind of you know above the minimum pension age, and we have to remember that twenty percent or so of doctors are above the age of fifty five, which is minimum pension age, but yet not yet retired what we'd be quite concerned about is if people are concerned that these changes are going to be reversed, they might just retire en masse and it could really um, cause a massive issue. Now, Labour have talked about a kind of carve out or an exemption. I, th- I think they're talking about a tax and register scheme, potentially, uh, for, for the NHS to try and ev- avoid that. Um, but that, that is a complex solution. And I think we, it, a lot of it depends on how that is designed as to whether it reassures people or not. Um, so I think, we, 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 you know, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in the next election. But um, I think we're just making sure that whatever happens, the stability because pensions are a long-term planning um, thing that you need to do. You can't have constant chopping and changing of this because people are planning for 20 or 30 years into the future. Um, if the changes stay as they currently are, um, I think there are two key, th- well, three key things actually that um, we are focusing our attention on. The first is um, the level of the annual allowance. So it's 60,000. That's obviously an, uh, an increase from where it was. But it's really important, particularly with inflation being high, particularly what happens with pay uh, going forward. If, if that starts to be restored, um, that actually that 60,000 is indexed and keeps up with inflation. Otherwise, we're back in the same situation in you know, three or four years time. And then the the, the the other thing is the taper. So it's still an issue. We think it's a bad tax for everybody. You know, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't actually help anybody to um, get people to reduce their work or limit their work. So I think that's another area that needs to be sort of focused on in terms of what, what happens going forward. And then finally, which is not really a pensions committee piece of work, but um, with my other hats on, you know, particularly for consultants, but also the is really focused on at the moment, is we've done a lot of work on fixing pension tax, and it's undoubtedly much, much better um, as a result of the changes that have happened this year for people. But that doesn't address the lost value in your pension, because um, for all of us, the value of our pension is directly linked to the value of our pay. And as I'm sure people have are well aware by now, um, pay has fallen for doctors very, very significantly. Um, you know, more than more than most sectors um, across across the country, and it's not been an equal thing at all. So for consultants, the pay you know, take them pays down by a third. Junior doctors, you know, it's, it's almost similar amounts. GPs have also seen their pay fall very significantly. So, the and, and SAS doctors too. So there's a lot of issues there. And in order to restore the value of the pension the value of the pay needs to be restored
0: great thanks Vish. still plenty of work to do then uh thanks Vish, 20 and Christian for your time for providing an overview for the of the recent pension changes and also for all your continued hard work and lobbying on behalf of our members thank
1: thanks, you thanks Hannah, thanks Christian. Hannah and you,
2: thanks to all the staff as well of course that provide support
1: yeah absolutely I was just gonna say exactly the same thing it's ma- massive team effort there's a there's a, you know, a huge number of people supporting the committee, but also our pensions department. So in the, they work incredibly hard. We're lucky that we've got really, really good staff in the departments. And we've actually increased the, the, the numbers because we've, there's been a huge amount of demand from members to support them. So our pensions department's got more staff now, so they're there to help you and support you as well.